when I was real young, I would love watching these movies that had the the concept of family, uh, you know, oh, intertwined yeah. in it. So, like, I remember the first time that I watched The Lion King, right? So, and I remember, that's still, to this day, one of my favorite movies. And I think the reason why is it because all throughout that movie, one of the main subjects it, that it hits on is that father and son relationship between Mufasa and Simba, right? So, like, I remember that movie. That's probably one of my top five movies ever, still to this day. But I remember in that movie... Uh, the voice that Simba's dad Mufasa had in his life even after he was killed oh and yeah the whole the whole trend throughout the movie was him always going back to what the father told him which was remember who you are and because his father told him that he was able to basically live that out Welcome to another edition of Trust the Process Podcast. Hashtag TTP, yours truly, Rob the People's Plug Martin. Tuning in live and direct with baby brother Nicholas Hollywood, the Reverend Preacher Man Nick Martin. What's up, what's up, what's up? What up? Man. The Italian Stallion back in action. Man. Looking fresh to death with Mr. Irregular Strength, Julius Maddox. Believe in the impossibilities, baby. That's it, man. You sound good saying it. Yeah. You been thinking about it? Yeah, man. We're about to make that's... this wave go, man. I'm, man, I'm that's it. You, that's a new headline. I had a new. Uh, re- I had a refreshing. I've been sick, but in the sickness, man, come something on, that's so so man. great gave me my fire back. Maybe man. made me realize how much I missed life. That'll preach. You learned Man, something in sickness. Good gosh, it wasn't even a storm. It was a it was a laying bed written, uh in bed for a full week. Man. Body aching, can't do nothing. What's and that new? You... What's that new sickness called? No, I wasn't the coronavirus. I'll yeah. Tell you that. <laughs> I got the. I had the Ebola, Corona. Man, uh, I had all of it. I mean, man, they shut down school because of the uh, the flu going around. They man, shut down school Thursday and Friday. Man, that's what kind of I had. I had the flu. I didn't even go to the hospital just because I was like, I already know what it is, and if I die, I'm just gonna die. It's my time to go. It's my time to go. Lewis always told us, uh, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. I mean, what they're gonna tell me is uh, they tell you this all the time. It's it's it's, it's too late. You missed the window to take the medication, so. We can give you some steroids and some antibiotics, and that's it. All right, so what do y'all think about those people that say, look, I don't believe in the medicine. I don't believe in giving my kids medicine. I don't believe in my kids getting the uh, the flu shots, any kind of uh, vaccinations. What do y'all say? What do y'all, what's y'all's take on just the whole vaccination process and, and, and the, the, the medicine they give us and all that? What do y'all think about that? I don't, I don't take... Uh... I don't give my kids flu shots. Look, somebody said everybody what about got look. I don't know that. Somebody said on Facebook the other day. I seen it. They said uh, everybody got flu shots. Now everybody got the flu. What's up with that? <laughs> so you don't give your kids the vaccines? No, what vaccines, Rob? They don't go get their six six year old shots, seven year old shots. I mean, you have to in order to go to school. But I mean, I can't make my. I mean, like if I if I could say, look, they don't need them, then. But I why would, would you, why would you think they don't need them? 
I don't know, Rob. You you're going too deep with this. No, I'm saying because a lot of people's like, look, I, I'm I ain't doing that. My kids ain't taking that. Um, I mean, we got it just because I think that. Um, I don't know why. I guess we got to get them to go to school, like you said. Yeah, that's what I just said. Like, they, they they're not gonna let your kid go to school if you don't get them if you don't get them vaccines. But like, it's the flu shot. No, I ain't I ain't doing the flu. I ain't with I ain't, that either because we, I don't get the flu. So why is it that they but they actually put the virus in the shot and they give you a small dose of it to supposedly fight that off? Yeah, but it was the virus of the flu of the year before. So like, there's this different strain that comes out every year. Is so it, do they name of, something yeah. different? Huh? They name it something different? No, there's different strands of the flu, bro. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's different they got, strands. They got, they got different demons. Yeah, I don't think it's ever the same flu. So how do they know what um how do they know what to put up in you? Man, Rob, it's just a it's just a guess. I guess. Man. I, I mean a speculation. So you coming up out of it? Do me, yeah, I'm out of it. Oh, good. I went, I went and got good? a good workout in today. Yeah, good. You go to the sauna? No, I didn't go to the sauna. I, I bet that the sauna. The sauna nah. supports that. Yeah, go ahead and go to the sauna and then step out of the sauna and get out, hit that, let that cold air hit you. Hey, the and only then, thing I don't like about the sauna is them 87 year old men being there. Get back where you coffee. at? What what age is that? Where you become comfortable with that? <laughs> with what? Hey. Uh, the sauna, the sauna, and the old man in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, everything's hanging. What? What? what not age? my age. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe fifty or sixty. In, if, you, if you go in there before eight o'clock, uh, they're in there having their morning coffee. <laughs> yeah, I ain't with it. Uh, man, me neither. Nick be at the wild with him. Man, I be going in with a towel over my head. Like, look, don't even, don't even say good morning. Better <laughs> <laughs> put a towel around your eyes. Man. Yeah. All right, let's get to the topic, man. What's up? What's going on? What's up? Daddy's home? Ooh, what was we talking about? Daddy's home, man. It sets a different tone in the house when daddy's da- home. Dad life. So well, what's let's it, talk so, about it. Some, so, so what's it do? I did, uh, hey, look, it was pretty neat. So I was researching um, just the importance of fathers in the household. And I came across a video, and it was a TED Talk. And it was actually a TED Talk that was done inside of a prison and one of the correctional officers gave the TED talk inside the prison, and he was just hitting on uh, the importance of the father's role in a household. And it was neat because I had never known that they'd done a TED talk inside a prison. Y'all ever heard of the TED talks? Yeah, I have. Oh, I have it. Oh, okay. Well, they're they're just different topics um, on different uh, subject matters in life. But this was the first time that I heard about one being done being done inside of a prison. So I thought that was pretty neat. But anyways, I was doing my research and looked up some, uh, how you say, statistics. Yeah. And um, so I just want to run them by y'all, then we can kind of break it down and get y'all's thoughts on them. Okay, go ahead. All right, it says, and these are just a few of the one, if you guys want to go see it um, for yourself, it's on uh, parentspluskids.com is where I got these uh, numbers from. It says... There are estimated 72 million fathers in the United States. This is the U.S. alone. There are 24.6 million fathers in a married two-person household. So I guess about uh, half of that. There are 2 million single fathers in the U.S. The 
the breakdown of single fathers is 44% divorced, 33% never married, 19% separated, 4% widowed. Uh, hold on, let me get down. 33% of all children live in a home without their birth father. 72% of Americans think an absent father in the household is the most important problem facing American families. And I would totally agree with that. What do y'all think about that? You'll say it again, though? 72% of Americans think an absent father in the household is the most important problem facing American families. Definitely, man. Like, I, I actually see it, you know, firsthand simply because, you know, I'm not intending on prime, but I just want to know uh, so with some of the classes that I teach uh, or whether I'm going to speaking somewhere. And usually it's it's above 50% whenever I ask them, like, how many of you in here live with somebody other than your biological parents? So living with uh, grandmas, aunts, uncles, friends, and it's just... Uh, over fifty percent. Every time I ask, and I know that's it's it's not broad enough to actually, you know, probably to to validate st- uh, statistics. But um, ultimately, man, that, that is a scary thought. Oh yeah. That you know these kids these days are living with, you know, God knows who. Yeah, other people raising their kids. Here's a couple yeah. more as far as crime goes. Uh, yeah, well, know. slow down though. Like break them down part by part because you're spitting off a lot of. Statistics, All right, but we can't. All right, so this is based. This is this is hitting on the area of crime and uh, a children without father. So ninety percent of runway and homeless children are from fatherless homes. So ninety percent of kids that do that did not have a father in the home. The percentage of a rapist with rage that come from a fatherless home is eighty percent. of minors housed in state facilities are from a fatherless home. Yeah. So just those few alone, just those, uh, just those numbers are so alarming. It's not like 50, 50. It basically says that the the percentage of kids coming out of fatherless homes are going to end up in trouble one way or another. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what Jay-Z said, men, men lie, Women lie. Numbers don't. Oh yeah, Number, numbers. The numbers say it all. Ninety percent of runaways come from fatherless homes. Uh, what the other stats are all alarming, and it all stems from you take the dad out the house and things change. Just like what Ju said earlier, since he's been home, his kids. You know, I'm sure they enjoy it, but a part of them doesn't like it because he sets a different tone in the house. That's very much needed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, simply because, like, you know, now I'm not working a full-time job anymore. My job is training, uh, training, actually. So um, now I get more time to be at home when my kids are home. um, And... You know, they, they, they can't act the way they usually act because I'm here. They can run all over their mom. They 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 already know I'm I'm not gonna play that. And if I do see it, I'm gonna call it out. And I think that's ultimately right. that that's why the kids do run over the the mother is because 
the mother does the mother has more i guess leniency or no it's more, a nurturing um, it, it, or, yeah more, moms are the nurturers moms are that one um and i think that all mothers share those uh characteristics of being the one to come you know it's the soft one almost a lot in in homes um so what i kind of wanted to um wanted to hit on is just get your guys' opinions on why the father's voice in a in a kid's life is so important and what did it look like in y'all's life well i know for me um you know, coming from a broken home where our parents got divorced as kids, for me, I always looked for my dad at, let's just say, my baseball games or football games or basketball games. And there wasn't too many where I could tell you he was at. And I know a big reason, like I remember specifically in ninth grade, looking out on the baseball team and seeing a bunch of my teammates, their parents, you know, uh, buying them Gatorades and making sure they had their bats and their gloves and cleats. And I looked out and, you know, my dad wasn't there. You know, like, so I just think sometimes you need that parent, that dad there, that father there, when you want to give up, when you uh, want to put your head down. Like, he just, you know, pulls you in and says, keep on going, man. Like, I'm here for you. I'm proud of you, no matter what. And I think when that's missing – you start looking for validation and other things. Oh yeah, definitely. I think well, that um, when I go ahead, Drew. You I was going to say even for to for correction, you oh, know, yeah. to call out the things that 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 he sees, uh, you know, wrong uh, or what's going on, the things you need to look for. So like, well, oftentimes like we didn't have those, so it's based off going from other people's parents that would say, "Hey, look, you need to take a look at this." Or us trying to find on find it on our own way. Think about how I mean. I, this is my first time really pondering on this, but think about that. Like we played sports, and but uh, other than the coach, we had to find our own way. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? That, that, that sucks. Like, think about it. Who taught you how to play basketball, Nick? Just uh, Kenny, Kenny Higgs, uh, school yeah, of friend, basketball. Friends, self. You know what I mean? Like, running yeah, them Higgs, but, but, Nick, you knew how to play basketball before Kenny Higgs, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was helping you teach fundamentals and stuff. But ultimately, like, we knew basketball. Nobody – I don't recall anybody actually taking me to go shoot a basket. I learned how to play basketball by – shooting over and over again until I got strong enough to start hitting the rim. Yeah. And then shooting over and over again until I got good enough to start making shots. And nobody taught me those things. I right. taught myself. I'll tell yeah. you what taught me was watching uh, like documentaries about Michael Jordan. You know, how he played ball and just watching other people play basketball. You know, and kids shouldn't have to learn that way. Oh, yeah. Ever since I was when I was young. So I always knew that there was something wrong, like in our household uh, when my mom and dad was together, because I, I we didn't know anything outside of what we knew at that time. But I always knew that there was like it, we was different than other families because, you know, we had white brothers and sisters. We had black brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, my mom and dad was in the home, but everybody had different moms and dads. 
But yet we were still together and I always knew something was different. So later on, my mom ended up leaving him, uh, getting remarried, which was one of the best decisions she ever made. But at the same time, I remember when I was real young, I would love watching these movies that had the the concept of family, uh, you know, oh, intertwined yeah. in it. So, like, I remember the first time that I watched The Lion King, right? So, and I remember, that's still, to this day, one of my favorite movies. And I think the reason why is it because all throughout that movie, one of the main subjects it, that it hits on is that father and son relationship between Mufasa and Simba, right? So, like, I remember that movie. That's probably one of my top five movies ever, still to this day. But I remember in that movie, uh, the voice that Simba's dad, Mufasa, had in his life, even after he was killed. Oh, and yeah. The, the, whole, the whole trend throughout the movie was him always going back to what the father told him, which was, remember who you are. And because his father told him that, he was able to basically live that out. Well, think about the example you're setting for, like, especially, you know, your daughter and the kind of man she's going to choose. What she sees as normal and regular is probably what her dad shows her. So if she sees a dad in and out, I, I, I would assume that this girl would raise up and just think, man, that's just normal. That's what men do. Men don't stay. Men don't serve, you know. So... We get this, you know, they get their example from what their dad shows them. So I just think uh, we don't even think about the disadvantage uh, it is when you come from fatherless homes. We just look at it like what Rob said as completely normal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that that that. OK, so for my whole life, which our stepfather came in uh, when we was like mid teenagers. So we had already got to a point to where. We had a few years with our dad. We was able to do whatever we want, but our dad was, wasn't really that 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 loving. Uh, Come here, son. Let me teach you something. One thing I've always wanted my whole life was for my dad to get me and just go teach me something. Whether so, like you talked about, Jew, like you never had that person to go out and take you and say, "Hey, here's how you shoot a basketball." Like for me, it was always I wanted to play catch with my dad. I don't know why. I think I seen it in a movie one time where a son and dad was outside playing catch. And to me, that was like, I thought that's what love was. I mean, and it is in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a big way because kids at such a young age, they need that fatherly, I don't even know how to, what you'd even call it. They, they need that, that part of their life so that way they know, hey, my father I'm, has I mean, that's a part of it, though. So, like, all right, I, and I don't know where, where it started hitting me, but I just remember also, like, leaving basketball games and you would see like whether win, lose, draw, whatever the, whatever may have happened that day. But you would always see players being greeted by their parents. Yeah. And I don't, I don't recall ever, you know, my mom would come to my games whenever I played like at the boys club and stuff, but she couldn't come to my games in high school, maybe a couple, but I just remember, you know, them being greeted, uh, being greeted uh, like uh, other players being greeted by their parents, you know, especially like tough losses. Like when we lost, I, I remember, and this is when it hit, it really hit home for me this game. It was 2004. I missed two of the most crucial shots, I'll say, in history in, in my life. 
I missed two free throws. And I cost us uh, the regional game, regional basketball game. At the sports center? At the sports center. I was oh, a sophomore. Wait. I was a sophomore at the time. And oh, it hurts. You know what? And, and I'm so tore up, and I, I'm walking out of the locker room, and, I, I mean, I'm still crying, you know, because I, I, I lost the game. And I look up, and I had no one to, to greet me on my way out. Man. And it's in those moments that, that, a, that a young man – uh, I think it makes or breaks them because it's in those moments that that they need that that father coming to them and saying, "Man, pick your head up; it'll be all right. You got next game or next year to play." So, Jew, so like living like that, you know, probably our whole lives. Like, how did you learn? So then we don't learn the proper way to deal with emotions, right? Yeah, we don't learn Man. how to deal with emotions. So, so like, who'd you go to, like, or what did you go to when you didn't know how to deal with these emotions of like, what do I do? You know. When smoked weed, yeah. So we mask them, right? Yeah, I mask them. You yeah, know, we and, learned that at a very young age. So I was already starting to do that already, and it just at that point, like, and that's the difference is, you know, when what would have happened, and and again, a difference. It, it was almost a similar circumstance. Um, the next year, um, but. I just kept digging myself deeper and deeper to the point, like, my senior year, I, I, I really didn't even care about basketball. You know what I mean? Like, I was just more worried about uh, uh, the Band-Aid, I, I call it, than, than, than to worry about, you know, anything else. It's because I already knew that I was a failure. Um, and I went from starting, because I started my sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, I went from starting all those years to being uh, – six men my senior year and uh which I started a few games but but it's all because you know I started you know gravitating to other things and I could I wasn't searching for the best version of me oh I was yeah accepting, well, when you, know, you don't so hear that when you don't when you don't hear those things like positive hey, enforcement right you can be better you can do better you know uh pick your head up uh you know get out there and try harder when you don't hear those things growing up there's no way that you can go and like figure that out on your own and say, "Hey, I, I need to do something better than what I what what my current situation tells me." Yeah. Like the likelihood of somebody that has come from a situation like that catching on so quick, especially as a teenager, because I think as a teenager that's when you really try to find validation, right? Yeah. So a lot of times as a teenager, you're going to adapt to whatever environment you're around, and like for us, us figuring out life on our own. It was, I would say 90% of the time, it was us just saying, hey, let's try this or let's try this and see if it works, see how it makes us feel. And a lot of times, we just did nonsense stuff just to feel something. So we would get together and do stupid things like go throw rocks at cars just to feel that adrenaline because I think probably up until that point, we hadn't felt too much. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, think, I think when a kid too comes from, a father uh, without in a home, it robs him, you know, I believe from, you know, being a, a, a true kid, like Bella seven, like she has no, you know, like she's never had to face some obstacles that we had to face. Like I remember being seven, eight, nine and us walking all throughout the city, you know, like us being dropped off at the swimming pool, like, Hey, just 
Go make sure you go to Chautauqua and uh, get you a sack lunch. You know. Yeah, that's where you'll eat at. And that's like seven, seven, eight, nine years old. I could not imagine like, like she is a pure kid. Like she's never had to face the like, where am I going to go get some food at? You know, like, do I need to steal a bike to get back home? You know, them decisions of, you know, them choices that maybe you shouldn't have to make at that age. It, I think it robs you of your childhood and it forces you to grow up and learn to deal with problems when you're not ready to deal with them. I don't even think you know how to deal with the problems. There's no way. You got to figure it out on your own. So you're expecting a 7, 8, 9, 10, you know, up into a, a preteen, you're expecting them to kind of figure it out on their own. They're going to probably go to the worst possible scenario they can. And even like learning discipline, like when your father doesn't discipline you, right? So I remember being, you know, probably first, second grade. And, Drew, my discipline was Rob cut, had to cut my hair. So he was probably eight or nine. I was probably seven. And my our discipline was Rob cut your brother's hair. Yeah. I, I ended up with patches, blood. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, oh, it was bad. I ended up with bad. patches, blood, and then I skipped school because I had blood dripping down my head. Yeah, it's like what's that teaching you, you know? And yeah, and then I got another beating for missing school. <laughs> so it's like we'd learn to you know, uh, put on masks. Then we learn to protect the mask and protect our feelings. And, you know, I still deal with problems and they uh, affect my marriage because when I deal with emotions, I shut down. Oh, yeah, you don't, don't know how to deal with them and communicate. I don't even want to talk about it. And Jonah would be like, hey, what's wrong with you? And and I just go on like nothing's happened because that's how I've learned to deal with it my whole well, life. To us, it's abnormal for somebody to ask us, "Hey, what's going on?" Because we've never we've never had that, so we just went on with like figuring things out ourselves or just getting through them, like you know, just 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 forcing ourselves to push through a situation because we've never been able to communicate them in a healthy way. So for us, shutting down and just and just doing the normal routine is what's normal. Uh, yeah. And I think I think, too, like for us three and for people that are parents, I also think you have to guard yourself from trying to live through your kids, too. So, like, I noticed when I was at Upward, like there ain't much to cheer for, you know, yeah. when, <laughs> when your daughter does uh, Upward cheer. I mean, they don't have no score. They don't. It ain't like a winning team, a losing team. Yeah, it ain't but, no it ain't it ain't no uh, like, look, we want to win type attitude out there. But I remember this lady, she was like, come on, cheer, Dad, get your clap on. Like, And uh, it was like, you know, every fan in the stands, go ahead and clap your hands. And Bella looked at me to see if I was clapping my hands. Like, she wanted that engagement. Yeah. yeah. And I think about, like, what that means for her that, like, although I don't even know who to cheer for in these games. Like, I don't get excitement from these games. Like, but for her, that validation of, man, my dad's going to be at my game. Is means everything, man. Yeah, that's so just like, true, man. And, and I think there's a new standard. Me and Drew was talking about this the other night. Like you think about LeBron, the example Kobe was said with the, you know, he called himself a girl dad. Uh, I think the new wave is like it's it's going to be like it's uh, if you don't take care of your kids, like we don't even want to be friends with you. Like we don't even respect that, you know. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a shift happening. Even on the uh, the major platforms, like, they talk about it. Um, 
man, and a lot of dads are getting called out for not being there for their kids. And I actually think it's a good thing uh, to do that because what's happening is men are getting called up higher than, 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 than what they're used to doing. So me and Jew talked about, like, imagine how weird that would be. Like, if I didn't take care of Bella, like, you and Jew wouldn't accept that. It'd be like, man, you ain't seen your daughter? What are you talking about? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's one thing that blows my mind. Like, that, that fires me up. Like, that, that's one way. If you want to lose credibility with me, and let me find out you ain't taking care of your kids. And you, you got all this, you do all this big talking, like, you know, you do this and you do that, and you ain't taking care of your kids on the home front. Everything that you just told me is out the window. I can't, I can't trust you. I know oh, it sounds yeah. crazy, but I just, I can't, I can't accept it. And well, I what's remember, so sad is a lot of dads haven't even been taught how to be a dad. I know, but Rob, so, it's in us though. It's it is instilled in us to be a parent, regardless. Like you, I mean, nat- people go, man, it's I, natural, I th- man. I think like, it's natural, yeah. You oh, know, no, so it like, is because, let's because not make you don't no excuse. It. No, 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 I'm not. I'm saying, but I think the reason why is because we didn't experience that, that we don't want to allow our kids to experience the same thing. So we've done like a 180 with it. And like, it's overboard for us. But I'm talking about somebody who let, let's say, let's say that you uh, let's say that you wasn't in Christ. There's no telling how things would have ended up. You know what I'm saying? Maybe between you and heaven. So you get somebody that that didn't have a dad in their life. And they follow in that footstep. All they know is what society tells them. You see what I'm saying? No, so I know that, lot, but that still doesn't change the fact. Up. That doesn't change the fact that, like, anything you say to me, I, you're not credible. I mean, it, it, it blows my mind to see, like, so, for example, you see these guys in here talking about how much money they made on the streets and they're tough guys and all that stuff, but they're in jail and they don't care nothing about their kids at all. Like, oh, I'm in bed right? mode. I'm about to lay it down for I'm but, about to lay it down for a while. But That's tell not- the story about that one time Jew when the dude asked you and, and you got offended at first, but what he said was so true. You didn't know any better up until that point. You thought that you had Oh no, Rob, I knew better. I, I mean, so it's a it's a bitter I mean it's it's a, it's kind of a it's it's a tricky subject. Like I knew ultimately but I still thought I was still doing somewhat better than, than my dad was. That's what I'm saying. So all you I was, was there, doing was trying to do a one up. Yeah, and that, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's that's loaded. But for the most part, yeah, it took God opening my eyes for me to see that. So I can't, that's I can't I mean. take the full full credit. Yeah, I appreciate you for checking me for that. But what I'm saying is though, like now, there's so many people that are exploiting, and that are that are telling you about being in your kids' lives. And some of these dudes don't even want it. They don't. They just don't. What about some it. people? Some Go people social. Some people social media dads. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've I've had I've had uh, like women reach out to me on social media, you know, asking me could I mentor their kids and like, which I'm all for it. And no, no, and, some. Sometimes you know the kid's dad, too, don't you? And, and that's what I was about to say. 90% of the time, I know the kid's dad. Man, people we and, grew up with. And 90% of the time, the kid's dad is taking care of other people's kids, but not his own. Man. So, I mean, what do you say about that? Because, you know what I mean? Like, that's the hard, that's the hard part. 
a tough pill to swallow that you have a man that won't take care of his own kids, but he'll take care of somebody else's kids. Yeah, uh, man, at, yeah, I think at, that's you, you get, backwards. You get, you get tricky into that, but but Drew, I would tell you this now because, like, we we're we're a blended family, so always understand that that moms that do say that there's always two sides to a story, and I've 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 got to experience the other side of that. No, I get that. I I do get that part, and I'm not I'm not discrediting anybody. I know that there's different circumstances, but I'm saying for the most part. For the most part, I know as a parent, having a mixed family, that if any time if their parents wanted to come get their kids, oh they yeah, come get them anytime they want, right, and choose and anytime not to. they want, yeah. But man, I'm like I've saying, seen, like I've seen stories, man, and one of the worst things with addiction, man, like I'll see God restore, you know, relationships with parents and kids, man, and I'll see like. Something that, <laughs> something that shouldn't have happened, something that shouldn't happen, and they didn't talk to their kids in years, and all of a sudden they're seeing them again, and only the three months later they're back out there and don't care nothing about their kids again. Yeah. And man, what I've what I've honestly do believe is you're saying you love dope more than kids when you make oh, that yeah. decision. And that's, that's what, what I was saying. That's what I. That's but exactly I want what I was understand saying. too. I'm not talking about like whenever I said that, I'm not talking about. Like necessarily saying like my kids and their parents, but I'm just saying just in general, like we see it. I see it so much where, you know, um, men are raising other people's kids, but they're not raising their own. But I'm but telling you, Ju, when I whenever I was doing whatever I needed to do to take care of my family, I justified it and I called it right. And I all I did was continue the pattern of what my dad taught me that yeah. a man that a, that a man takes care of his family regardless of what you got to do, no matter who you got to hurt, no matter what you got to take, uh, no matter who you uh, who you got to take it from, it doesn't matter. Because if you're taking care of your family, you're doing the right thing. I know, but I'm saying there is such a wave now of people and people calling people out and, and all this stuff about deadbeats and all that stuff that you can't act like that you're dumb or blinded by the fact that you're not taking care of your kids like you're supposed to. Oh, yeah, I understand that. Like, there's so much information. There's so many people who are calling people out on that stuff on social media. So, like, like deadbeats don't slide these days because real dads are calling them out. So That's if somebody right. tells you, like, you ain't doing your job, well, then you're not doing your job because you don't want to. Not that you don't know how to. It's because you don't want to take the responsibility. Oh, yeah, that's that truth. And it's either going to fold you or it's going it's to mold you. And that's what, what we think? talked about. Oh, go ahead, Nick. What do y'all think about that excuse of, like, I, I, I'm i on Jew's side, sort of. Like, I just don't know how to be a, ba- a dad. Nobody ever showed me how. Is that, is that, do y'all think that's true or uh, 100%? To an extent. But I, I most, think it is. It, to an extent. You think it, Rob, you think it's true? Man, I think that, I think that we're, I'm going back to what I was saying the first time is, is a lot of people only try to one up what they seen growing up. So yeah. for, for me, before, before my relationship with Christ, all I tried to do was do better than what I seen my dad do. So I seen my dad sell drugs. I seen him do drugs. I seen him go through women like it was nothing. I seen him use us in any situation that he could. He so taught us was, how to steal, kill, manipulate, right? That was so the I, way I, then, though, Rob. No, so but that listen. Was, so that I cut all favorite. that out. I cut yeah. all that out and said, look, I'm not going to do drugs. Uh, my kids ain't going to see me do stuff. But everything else was all game because I could at least say I did better than my dad. 
you wasn't as bad. That's right. So, I, that's what I'm saying. So your standard of a good dad was just don't be as bad. That's exactly right. what I'm saying. I, I don't think there's excuse. Is it, there's no excuse though. There is no know, excuse, man. but somebody outside of Christ is not going to know any better. I promise but, you. But I think like what Jew said. Like I'm on. I'm probably in the middle because when I held when I held Bella for the first time, like it was a natural instinct that kicked in of like. This girl, this, this is your daughter, man. Like yeah. you take, you take care of her. Man, you're exactly I'll, right. Thank and you. although I failed at that at at points, that dad instinct in me, you know, that dad, that father, you know, like when I look at her, it it it, it comes from a natural place, and, and nobody showed me that, you know. And that's what I was about to say because Rob, you know how I, I'll tell you that I I knew I should have been doing better. Why? Because I was trying to get jobs. I was trying to do everything I could to be a, a great dad, but I kept failing at it. So the difference was is that I quit. What happened? I would quit. I think it's hard to break that cycle. Right, I but would, what eventually happened? That's what I'm asking. God broke me. That, that's exactly what I'm saying. So you I, I get continue, what you're saying, if but you, you got guys that don't that even path. try. Rob, there's a difference between somebody who is trying over and over and over again, trying, to the guy that doesn't even care, that, that's mm. not even trying at all. Yeah, I understand He's that. Not even there there the is no excuse foot. for that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there is no excuse. Even So even, Rob, even leading up to the point to where God broke me, I was still trying. But you got to think of how great, at a great disadvantage we are when we don't have those positive fathers in our lives because we have to work ten times harder to break the cycle of everything we've been taught. And that's what I mean. A lot of guys, they get broke by the cycle. They don't break the cycle. They get broke by the cycle, and they walk, and they put their hands up and say, man, I give up. I can't do it. So I'll tell you a perfect example. Everything, but they're out, out of getting They're making more babies, though. Every, oh, yeah, yeah, I ain't with that. You see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. So like, I ain't with that. I, I totally agree. No, I ain't with I'm it. Saying, but what I mean is, man, if God don't come in and do something, you will see a broken man in a broken system for generation after generation after generation. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree so, with that. But look, but, I'm saying every, that, but think about this ahead. as a parent, as a, as a dad, as a husband. Everything I have learned, God is, you know, God's gave me the desire, obviously, but I've had to learn it myself. I've had to read about it. Like I, like, I had no clue about credit. No one ever taught me about good credit. No one ever taught me to save money. No one ever taught me to buy a home, you know, like, so all these things, I was, you know, first, we, me and Rob, and, you know, we we're first generation of, what do we do now? That's so like, right. But when you come from a line of, you know, when people pass down information, you know, when people pass down, you know, standards, like, I do think you're at a greater advantage of than, you know, than the guy who's, like, even with credit, Jew, like, I'm 33. I'm 33. All right, I'm about to get off and I'm and I'm still learning, you oh, know. You yeah. Hey, but uh, no, you're right, man. And uh, I think we just need to do better as men, pouring into other men, and uh, still setting the standards and and not wavering from it. We gotta raise the bar. And, yeah, raise the level. Of oh yeah, irregular, irregular, irregular men. You know. It, yeah, it, regular it, mindset. You, know, you don't have to. You don't have to settle for this. And that's exactly what, what we've seen society do is they've only tried to one-up, just like I was yeah. talking about with my dad. Uh, that standard was set only by one notch of the bar. 
Now with yeah. us, just like Nick was saying, the first generation, now we've taken the bar and raised it up 10 notches and saying, here's where you start at. Nothing yeah. else is acceptable. Yeah, that's so it. Think about our kids. Think, think about our sons and, and the type of fathers that they'll be because they've seen a complete different lifestyle. Yeah. Certain things ain't tolerated. Yep. Well, speaking of that, I got to go feed my kids. Um, so this podcast, I think, was probably the most beneficial for the audience because it, we can all, you know, relate and to I, that. I want to tell these fathers who ain't taking care of their kids, if you ain't, if you didn't do it today, do it tomorrow. Quit making for sure. Excuse. Stop giving Good yourself point. the stop giving yourself the out the excuse. Start now and learn how to be a father. Ask parenting advice. If you and even if that don't work, man, like you have to go to bed at night knowing I've done everything I could do as a father to have a relationship with my kid. Uh, you know how I many people ask me, they, they ain't trying to get help on, on drugs. They ain't on drugs. They're just trying to live a different lifestyle, be right. a good dad. Uh, they're just trying to be different, be uh, impactful in their community. I, I kid you not, I've probably had over 50 people reach out to me. Ask me, how I, many of them, ask me how many of them followed up with me. Man. Ooh. What was they you asking know what I mean? about? Like, just like, how do I be a better dad? How, how can I serve my community better? Um, what can I do? I want to be just like you. I want to walk this walk like you. And Man. I'd say, oh, look, be, let's go out. To, let's go out to lunch next week. Go be where you want to meet at, or or come to my office. Let's talk. Never follow up. Maybe they might do it once, huh, you? No, not even one time. Wow. Well, I think a lot of people. And these are want people it, straight from the hood. Yeah, they don't want it. So until the Lord opens their heart. Is, you know, I just I just be the vessel until it's time. Man, that's it. That's why that's why I think somebody outside of Christ, man, I don't know if I don't know if I there ain't no, it there is no hope. All all you're gonna do is just just be that one step up and that's it. Yeah. All right, guys. I love you all. I'm getting off here. All right, all right. Nick. Peace. We, Nick, we're still going. We're still going. He dropped out. He's he's con he's college dropout. Nick, man, these dudes don't hang up on me. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I'm on there. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. Go ahead, Nick. No, I think what you were saying, like, man, and you was like, we got to raise the bar. We can't just accept the norm. We can't, you know, because, you know, if the level was one and we're at two, like, don't mean we're doing, you know, what we should be doing either. That's so, exactly uh, what I'm saying. Like, we do have to raise the new bar. We got to set the new standard. Like, uh, even, you know, even if you're a nine at being a dad, man, like, there's always room to grow. There's always room to, you know, improve. Uh, we're all going to drop the ball. We're all going to mess up, man. But all we can do is just hope and pray. And, you well, know, let, uh, let me ask you, Nick. Let me ask you, do, do you think that the do you think the reason why you're such the dad that you are today is because you've seen the complete opposite side of it? Or is it just kind of natural? Or do you think if you experience like a decent childhood that you'd be the same dad today? Or is it all solely because of what God's done in your life? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mixture of all of them. So it's one, what God's done in my life. It gives me the desires to be a great dad. Uh, two, it's I, I didn't want to be... I wanted to be everything my dad wasn't. 
That's so, what it is for. That's what I, it was for me too. So, you know, even, you know, this is sad to say, but even with Jonna, like, I I put Bella on such a pedestal when we had her, like that was my everything. So it became less about my wife and even more about, look, this is my daughter. And that's because, a dangerous place to be. Yeah. So because I wanted a whole new standard of being a father, so it was everything Bella and nothing Jonna. Yeah. So, so I think it's a mixture of, you know, your experiences, your faith, uh, all mixed into one. So. So I want to I want to warn guys out there, too, that if you're in that situation and you have kids, yes, kids are supposed to be your world. But I would highly recommend they're not supposed to be your everything. They're not supposed right. to come in between. So what Nick was saying was Nick allowed for his daughter that his wife gave to him to come before mm-hmm. her, which think about how that made her feel. Oh or yeah. Think, think about how it makes any of, of, of your, any think about how it makes your spouse feel when, when the kid comes before them. One thing I had to realize like with, with me and Amy in our marriage is man, we had to come to the reality and say, look in a few short years, they're going to be gone. And then what? Because what I've seen over time is a lot of uh, married couples will wait till their kids get 18 to leave the house and then split up. And it just it baffles my mind because I'm like, how did you spend that many years together? At least, let's say, 18 years. Yeah, they got empty nest syndrome. And then they split. It's because they never took the time to get to know their spouse. Yeah. That relationship was never there. So if you didn't see that, like early on, or God didn't show you that, I would say that the the chances of you ending up uh, divorced was really high because you allowed your kid to become your world above everything else. Oh, yeah. And plus the best way, like I can love Bella is love her mom. Man, you know, that's it. That's so that, the, that's the one thing I wanted my, my girls to say is, man, I, I know what to expect out of a husband because I've seen my dad love my mom. So I want to be consistent and Look, my dad, you know, him and my mom did maybe go through some things or him and my mom, you know, Bella might say like my dad and my mom, you know, didn't have this perfect, you know, marriage. And they did argue sometimes but my dad never left and he always stayed and, you know, he was consistent and pursuing her heart. So, like, that's one thing, like, I like doing the love there because what it'll show you is how inconsistent we are. Man. Because anybody can be a good dad or a good husband for you know, seven, eight days, like it takes intentionality to, to do it for 40 days in a row. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's what and I'm even saying. If, and it don't even take money to do that. That's what I like about the love there. It ain't like it says, go spend a bunch of money and, and prove to her that, that, that you love her through buying her stuff. Man, it's, it's small, meaningful things. And um, I, I would encourage anybody that's listening that, man, if you feel that separation, if you feel that, that rift, that, um, you know, that, that, that spark ain't there. That spark ain't going to be there every day that you wake up. That's one thing I've realized 10 years into marriage. I don't wake up and feel that spark every day. I do, however, wake up and, and, I, and I pursue that spark with my wife. So I would like you have to you have to make that happen. It's not just going to happen naturally, especially after living every single day with the same person. That's right. The complete opposite happens most of the time. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I, I And I really do want for us three 
to maybe sometime uh, later this year put together some type of men's conference because to me the biggest problem in in America I would have to agree with what that uh, the poll was saying was the biggest problem in America is 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 the 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 lacking of men being men basically oh yeah that's what um, Tony Evans says he says a messed up man contributes to a messed up family and a messed up man. family contributes to a messed up world. So it's, uh, you know, if you want a better world, you get a better man. So it's like, yeah, like man set the tone. So we set the bar in, in our homes and we set the bar in life. And that's like, it. I'm sure things did happen back in the day, Nick, like back in the twenties and thirties, but it seemed like there was so much more peace oh, no. when, when, when things went that way, you know, when, when men yeah. were men and women were women, and a but lot of got, people go against that. You got to think probably in the, you know, in the when they was farmers and stuff, like it wasn't no such thing as like, man, I'm just gonna leave. You know, I'm just gonna leave home. That that didn't that didn't happen. Like you got like, think like you, you, would get, think, you wouldn't be able to go nowhere if you left home back in the day. People would yeah, call you like a coward. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you better get your butt home. So, um. I guess the the difference is somewhere like along the way, probably the drug epidemic, like it became this norm of like just dads not being there. Man, the 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 whole the whole crack era back in the eighties and stuff. Hey Nick, real quick, I hear uh I hear the whispers in the background. I want to do something real quick. Is Bella right there no, with you? Man, no, I heard Bella whispering. Hell, that's my dog chewing on this toy. Oh, where's Bella at? <laughs> get get Bella and Chloe real quick. They're in the other room. Go yell for them real quick. <laughs> Bella, Chloe, they probably got slime all on their hands. Uh, I bet it's on your carpet now, bro. Nah, come here. They said I can't. Yeah, you no, might get up on that table. No, no, on your they got slime everywhere. Well, go, go get, go, go take the phone and put it on speakerphone. I want to ask them a question real quick. I just want to get their thoughts on something real quick at, at their age. All right, hold on. Oh. Fathers, rise up. <laughs> nah, that's the thing. Like, friends, like, I ain't going to have no friends that ain't being, you know. That's one of the first things we're going to talk about if one of our friends, you know, doing something right with their kids. That's it. Hey, Daddy. Hi, baby. Hey, Chloe, I want to ask you a question, okay? Yes. I want to ask you, what do you think? About your father. Amazing. Why? Because I love you. Is that it? Because you're a good father and you buy me the stuff that I want. <laughs> Is that it? You make me you, you made me sound like Santa Claus. Right. <laughs> hey Chloe, so what makes a what makes a good father? Um <laughs> Bella, ask Bella the same day. Bella, what makes a good father? Uh <laughs> 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 What are things good fathers do? Like, how would you know if it was a bad father? Oh, they, oh. Um, good 
you clothes and um, <laughs> a good father gets you clothes. And then tell you to do chores like you're supposed to. Chores. Because you're supposed to do them. That's not a mean father. <laughs> that's not a mean father to tell you what to do. And they tell you to obey them and don't um uh, they say what's the word? And they told me not to be bullies. Yeah. <laughs> you better not let me get slum on that phone. You're gonna be so mad. So Chloe, what is, what is some advice to the people that's listening? To the fathers that's listening. Um All right, you don't know. All right, on a, one last question. On a scale of one, on a scale of one to ten, what do you rank your father? Ten. Ten. Is that it? A hundred. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Bella, what about you? A hundred. Oh, okay. I can tell you. I can tell you our cousins. All you gotta do is say the same thing. Infinity. All right. Thank you, girls, for your input. You're welcome. All right. I have slime all over my hands. All right, let me talk to Uncle Nicky. Okay, he's over here, but I can't get the phone because there's slime all over my hands. All right, tell the people bye. Bye, peoples. Oh, right. you got you got to get off my you got to get off my podcast. All bye, right, person. Nick. Yeah. Real quick, man. That's that's when I hear them and I see them. There's no doubt in my mind that they are not just going to settle for whatever comes their way. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. Oh yeah, like we we have gotten the opportunity to set the standard at such a high place that that just like you was talking about that one day, can't nobody just come along and be like, "Hey, what's up, girl? What you doing?" Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it ain't gonna be attractive to them. So what else, man? You got anything? Nah, I ain't got nothing. Raise the bar, man. Raise the bar. Daddy's home. All right, man. Have a good week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Um, Raise the standard. If you ain't there right now, get there. Get with some other men. Let them pour into your life. Ask questions. A lot of men don't even know how to do that, Nick. And I think that's one of the biggest things is men are so prideful that they don't want to go to another man and say, "Hey, I need help." But I think that's one of the be- I think that's one of the best things that you can do. Definitely. Man. All right, man. You guys have a good week. We'll see you next week. righty. Peace. Trust the process, don't rush the process. I've been to hell and back more than a couple times. Yeah, it's true, but I'm headed to the finish line. So the mind never stop when it come to minds. God gave me this light, I'ma let it shine. Put the weights on the bar, man, dinner time. The pain don't do anything but energize. Right now is the time, ain't a better time. Man, I'm about to go hard, hammer time, yeah. That you know it, I made a decision and now I'm devoted I'm here for the people, you hear it, they voted I try to stay humble while keeping my focus They tell me slow down, I say thank you, it's noted I'ma speed up for my family notice I am right here just to put you on notice If history's written, I guess I just wrote it <laughs> Yeah Tell me regular